Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 131. I am Megan Kronza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And I'm going to start this week the same way I did last week by saying thank you so, so much to everybody who has left a rating or review or both for the podcast. I don't know what's going on, but these last couple weeks, those reviews have just been rolling in, which is so exciting. Uh, truly, I from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it so much because, I mean, A, I just love hearing people, you know, talking about the show and how it's been helpful for them and resonated with them. More than one review has said that listening to this podcast is like talking to a friend and that just warms my heart so much and I I'm so thankful and and just so grateful for this whole community and the listeners and truly I'm just blown away by that so thank you so much for the kind words but more than anything it it really does just help people to find the show and the more ratings and reviews the show gets the the easier it is for you know people who are looking for a podcast like this one to find it. Like I said last week, I don't know all the ins and outs of these (laughs) algorithms and how they all work, but I know that the more rating reviews the show gets, the easier it is for people to find. So thank you so much. If you have not left a review, I would be so grateful if you would do that or just tap that five star also really helps too. (laughs) Um, But truly, I, I just had to start by saying thank you because yeah, all of a sudden there's all these new ratings and reviews and I'm just like doing my happy dance every time. Um, And I'm doing my happy dance again because I am so, so excited about today's episode. My guest is Sally Willibanks, and she is an autism mom. She is the founder of the amazing apparel company, ND Renegade, and she is going to talk today all about both of her kids. She has a son and a daughter. Her son was diagnosed first, and her daughter, she actually shares in this episode that she was just very newly recently diagnosed. She was actually still going through the evaluation process when we recorded this episode. So really interesting to kind of hear Sally's take on, you know, having two kids on the spectrum. I'm always amazed when I talk to a parent who has like multiple children on the spectrum, because obviously we hear all the time, you know, if you know one person with autism, you know, one person with autism. And especially when I talk to people who have you know, siblings that are, that are both on the spectrum and they're, they're just so different. And one of the things that Sally had said that really kind of stuck with me was she was talking about, you know, her kids, different behaviors and where her son explodes, her daughter implodes. So I won't, I won't dive too much into it because we'll talk about it in the episode, but it was just really interesting to hear her take. Um, we also talk about their homeschooling journey and just kind of schooling in general and, the system, which I feel like I've had this conversation 
several times recently just through messages and DMs. So I think it's really pertinent to everything right now, especially because obviously this year in this crazy pandemic year, we there's many people who never really saw themselves homeschooling, but then this is kind of the situation that we're in. So I definitely think it's timely. Um, the other really fun thing about Sally is that she is from Australia. So this was an international episode. I always love, to I mean, I love talking to anybody if they're, they're down the street or on the other side of the world, like Sally. Um, but it's just always amazing to me that there's so many people that listen to this show and this the, the world is, I've said it before, but it's like having this podcast makes me realize how small the world really is in the best way, in a, in a really good way. And it was so great to get to chat with Sally. She is just a delight. I love chatting with her. I wish she wasn't on the other side of the world so that we could just like hang out and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, but she was wonderful. And I know you guys are going to love listening to this episode. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sally. Hi, Sally. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to have you. I was telling you before we started, you are my second Australian guest, which Australia has a very special place in my heart because that first guest who if people haven't listened to, they need to go back and listen to that because she was amazing. But I just, I, I love I love that the podcast reaches so many people and it's crazy to think people on the other side of the world, (laughs) literally. Um, (laughs) But you and I connected on Instagram actually through a recent guest, Megan from above typical. Yes, correct. Yeah. She had put up a post and you had, and she tagged both of us in it and you had reached out to me and it was kind of one of those things where we were both like, how do we not know about each other? (laughs) I know. It's so weird. (laughs) I know Instagram is so funny. I feel like there's these little pockets that you can just kind of miss out on. And you're like, wait, all this is going on. And I didn't know about it. And that's how I felt about you. When I realized everything you were doing, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You've got to come on the show. So you have a very interesting story, very unique. If you will kind yep. of take us back to the beginning of your journey, I would love to hear. Okay. Um. Yeah, sure. Uh. Well, uh, I live in Australia and I have a husband and two kids. My kids are nine and seven. My daughter is nine and my son is seven. And when my son was four, he was diagnosed as autistic. Um, we noticed something was going on. He was like spinning plates and things like that at 10 months. And I just thought, oh, that's what autistic people do and kind of didn't think anything more. And then at about two years old, a friend of mine suggested that we get him looked at for sensory issues because he never liked to touch anything. He wouldn't take his shoes off. Um, Just lots of issues. Didn't like to get messy at all and really freaked out a lot. Um, And then at three months, actually at about 16 months, he stopped being able to roll over. He, he just, my husband found him on the floor in our playroom and he was lying on his back, just scared stiff. And he was um, just petrified. And from that moment on, we couldn't roll him over and we had a very hard time lying him down on his back. We didn't know why. So we ended up finding a, a government sponsored center that kind of helps kids with all different uh, abilities. And they had a team there that assessed him for three days. And they're the ones that told me that it was autism, but they couldn't actually give the diagnosis because they weren't, he, what they weren't pediatricians. Um, and I didn't believe them because I had a really limited knowledge of autism. And I just thought, there's no way he's speaking he makes eye contact all that kind of stuff um he was a very angry little boy 
but on their suggestion, I got him um, some occupational therapy. And uh, this therapist that was helping us once a week had worked with Autism Australia. And after about three months of that therapy, I kind of got up the nerve to speak to her about it. And she said, yes, he is autistic. You need to go ahead and, and get him assessed. And so we actually got the diagnosis just after he turned four. And we've been in various therapies since then. And um, he's also got anxiety disorder and we've just found out ADHD as well. And over the course of the years of all the therapy and the therapist, they've flagged my daughter for things too. And about 18 months ago, we um, had her assessed for autism and the psychologist said ADHD and dyspraxia and she's definitely quirky. Um, since we've moved here, we have a new pediatrician and he's gone over all her reports. She's also got a speech disorder. And so the speech therapist had also thought um, autism as well. But our new pediatrician went over all her reports and just looked at me and said, you know, she's autistic too. So now she's in the middle of an autism assessment as well. And we've just been told last week that she is autistic. Um, she hasn't finished the assessment though, but the, the psychologist has said, yes, it's, it's a definite. And she walked out all smiles she's so happy about it which just makes me thrilled um anyway so that's that's the family story but as far as uh the business goes and renegade i started that about a year ago um i'm actually an artist i'm a professional painter here and i've got quite a good career going but it's just i was finding myself really separated from the family and painting is really solitary and I needed to do something that included them more. And I just had this brainwave of ND Renegade. And once I thought of the idea, I couldn't stop. I just ran with it. And I haven't painted since December of 2019. And I've just been doing the business since then. Wow. I, I love hearing about your, your art background. That's just so cool. And how you had said you really wanted to, you know, kind of combine things and use your, your creativity in a way that, you know, included your family. So for yeah. people who aren't familiar with ND Renegade, can you tell them what it is? Sure. Um, ND Renegade is a clothing brand that shines a light on neurodiversity. So when I had the idea, I thought, you know, I needed, I needed to do something that either included the kids or that the kids were interested in. And, uh, you know, my daughter wanted to open a toy shop online and all these things. And I thought, well, that's not really me. I need to do something that involves art and design. And um, I looked around and I couldn't find any, really any good autism T-shirts or ADHD T-shirts. They're just the really bright, bold mm -hmm. puzzle piece, you know, just not nothing you'd ever want to wear, really. <laughs> um, and once I realized that there was nothing out there, I ran with it. So we've just, we basically promote neurodiversity. We want to celebrate it. We want people to be proud of their differences. And so we have autism shirts we've got ADHD shirts we've got a lot of neurodiversity shirts and um, advocate shirts just something for everyone really and they are really cool thank you <laughs> you're kind enough to send me one and I could not wait to wear it people listening may have seen where I posted about it and I, I loved it too because it's it's um how would you describe that shirt that you sent me oh um, well, really soft. Yeah. <laughs> tagless. All our, all our tees are tagless. Um, you know, that's really important because autistic people have such sensory issues and so do ADHD people as well. They've got such sensory issues and that was a huge thing for us. Um, I don't know, all our designs that we have, we basically have designs for everyone. We have kind of like motorcycle designs and we've got pretty little floral designs. We've got hand-drawn sketches and we've got really bold graphics. So, 
there's just I've I've made I've done my best to make sure there's something for everyone yeah and you've done a great job what I love about that shirt the one that I have is it's different cable plugins yeah just says neurodiversity so it's got you know like your typical like USB and I don't even know the name of all the plugs (laughs) Yeah, I did that. I did that one for all the techies out there. I'm not because <laughs> so many autistic techies. I'm not techie at all. But what I love is what it represents because what it shows is that you know we we're all wired differently, but we all have you know power. And and mm-hmm. to me that was just the symbolism of that was really cool. And I talked about like my own neurodiversity story because I, I didn't even realize it, but I'm dyslexic. I was diagnosed dyslexic in sixth grade. And right. it was something that when I actually found out that dyslexia was like part of, you know, it, it makes me neurodivergent. I felt really connected to my son in a new way. Mm-hmm. And it made me yeah. like how you said your daughter felt all smiles and proud is that because it made her feel more connected to her brother you think yeah I think that just being part of something bigger you know what I mean when you feel different for so long and then you realize that you're part of something that's larger than you you feel connected again and, it, and it's an explanation she's she's honestly she's so proud to be autistic when she started going for the second assessment she just couldn't wait she's just ran with it I'm I'm like smiling from ear to ear because I just I, <laughs> I love her confidence like that's just incredible yeah. yeah I hope it stays that way that's my goal for it to always be that way my son is not as confident because he he his main uh difficulties are with anxiety mm-hmm. so he gets very very anxious whenever he leaves the house and the way that shows is he gets very angry and aggressive and he hates the fact that he gets angry and he's really down on himself about it so we're working really hard with therapists to try and transform that and he's 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 medicated for anxiety as well and it takes the edge off but it doesn't do the trick so we have a lot of work to do with him um he was originally diagnosed as you know level one two support needs and our pediatricians just said no he's at least a two or a three for support needs because his anxiety is so bad Mm. how did it feel for you especially it seems like with your son you were maybe in the beginning a little bit more nervous about pursuing Mm. that diagnosis which i can totally understand how did it feel then having this whole new journey with your daughter oh completely different with my son I was petrified and when I got the actual diagnosis I was devastated I spiraled down in a big dark hole for a long time and then you know you do all the research and you listen to the podcast and read the books and that slowly kind of clawed my way out of this hole um, and then after about a year, I guess, after the diagnosis, I realized that, oh, you know, we can do this. Everything's going to be okay. But now with my daughter, I know we can do it. I know she's brilliant. It doesn't change who she is. Um, it just explains a lot of the things that, I mean, I knew. We, I, got a, I tried to get her assessed 18 months ago for autism. And when the therapist came back and said, oh, she's really quirky, but she's ADHD, I just didn't believe it in my gut. So when this pediatrician said to me, you know, she's autistic, I just looked at him and said, yeah, I do. Mm. You know, so, I, you know, I'm, I, it's not that I'm like thrilled about it, but I'm not unhappy either. It's just is who she is. It's just, she's just different. Yeah. Especially I think kind of like you said, you'd already processed and worked through those feelings regarding your son's diagnosis. So, I mean, 
I know for me, like, I, I feel like I just have fresh eyes on like basically everything in my life at this point, like after, you know, going through the diagnosis and everything with my son, you, you must be just in a completely different spot. Almost, I mean, you're probably like a different person at this point. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I was, I was a painter painting large contemporary oil landscapes, <laughs> you know, like my whole life besides my family was about winning the awards and getting into the, the big shows and all that kind of stuff. And I, I did really well. Suddenly I don't give that a thought at all. I, I miss my painting a little bit because I miss that kind of meditative space that I always got in. Mm-hmm. But my whole life has become about forwarding Indy Renegade and showing my children that they can be proud of who they are and also giving them life skills to kind of set them up for the future. Because if, if all goes to hell for them, they still have Indy Renegade. You know, I'm hoping that that's a legacy that, that I can, you know, give to them. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, one of the things that you had told me about, and we talked about it a little bit before we started was homeschooling. And I'm curious, like how you guys came to the decision to homeschool and what that looks like for you and your family. Yeah, sure. Um, when my, my kids both went to a Montessori preschool and when my daughter was going to head into regular school, mainstream school the next year, um, our school year in Australia is January through to December. So, this was in October before she was going to head to school. Um, I took her to, I actually went to see the principal of the local school and I said to him, you know, this is, my daughter's really smart. She's really advanced. And he just said to me, oh, parents think their kids are advanced. And I said, well, this is what she's doing. And she was reading novels at that point. She was, you know, she'd just turned five. Um, And he just kind of looked at me open mouthed and said, she's going to be really bored until the other kids catch up. And I said, well, when would that be? And he said, well, we don't do streamlined classes till fifth grade, so your guess is as good as mine. And I walked out of there and just thought, I cannot send her to the school. I just can't. And that's when I realized that I didn't have a choice but to homeschool. And I I didn't know any homeschoolers. I'd never thought about it before, but I went home to my husband and I said, we have to homeschool Carmen. And um, we ended up pulling both kids out the next week of preschool just to make sure that we could do it before the school year started. And it was really stressful at first, but we haven't looked back. And now she is nine and a half and my son is seven and a half and um, they've never spent a day in school at all. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the way it works here in Australia that you have an AP, that's the authorized person, and they come out and they make sure that you're doing the requirements and um, they give you six months registration or a year or two years if you've done really well and uh, we've done, we got the two years registration last time. Um, but, but we do the very minimum requirements because my kids, they just, they're not cut out for schoolwork at all. Like, like most people think schoolwork is, you know, sitting down at the table, doing the paperwork, filling out forms and, you know, going through all the, the books and all that stuff. That's not how we do it. We just can't. My daughter has an attention span of about three minutes and my son's anxiety makes him not able to really sit and do new stuff so basically he can he's seven so he, he's doing math in his head he's doing you know 63 plus 70 he can do that quite easily but when it's written down in on paper form he can do it but if you change one thing like take away the equal sign he just freaks out and he has a meltdown because it's different from the way he's learned it originally 
So doing any kind of schoolwork like that is just a no-go for us. It's too difficult. Yeah. One of the terms that you had said to me beforehand is that you guys do a lot of unschooling, which yeah. I've heard that said before, and I, I love what it means. Can you can you share what that means and what it looks like, yeah. guys? Sure. Unschool- unschooling is basically it's life learning. So we're not radical unschoolers, which means almost like I hate to say it, but you have no rules regarding your children. I mean, you do, you have your basic social rules, but they have, you know, they eat what they want, they go to bed when they want, that kind of stuff. But we we still have those systems in place. Um, my kids do need that kind of basic structure. But as far as learning goes, we are unschoolers. We don't follow the traditional schooling at all. So my kids, people ask me what grade they're in at school, and I literally have no idea. Um, <laughs> Because I, ha- I just have to say, oh, they're nine and seven because I don't, I just don't know what, where they are. I can't think about it. Um, so we do, we learn life skills. So as you mentioned earlier before, uh, we do cooking, you know, we, we bake cookies and things like that. What's really important for my kids is to learn how to be social with other people. That's where their issues lie. Um, you know, social anxiety and that kind of stuff. So we make sure that we get out to the homeschool group and they have free, they've got hours and hours and hours of free play with the homeschool kids. Um, they do a lot of computer stuff. So my son's pretty big in Minecraft, um, loves Roblox, um, but they do a lot of coding. They do, uh, my daughter's really into Spore at the moment, which is, you know, a computer game, but she's, I don't know, there's something scientific about it. I don't know, it's over my head. <laughs> Um, they, they've got memories that just astound me. So, uh, you know, you can ask, you can be asking a question and my daughter will pop in and answer it and it'll be about the human respiratory system or something like that. You just go, how do you know this? They just, they just learn on their own in their own time, you know, through, through the, through the means that is best for them, so which is for them as YouTube videos. My daughter watches endless science YouTube videos. That's my daughter. I am blown away by the things that she learns on YouTube. It, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's so different from how we learn. Yeah. It's just so different. And we haven't found like our, my kids, they don't fit the school mold at all. They could not possibly sit. My daughter could not sit in a classroom at a, at a desk. She's got, she's dyspraxic and she's also got low muscle tone. So sitting up in a chair for her is really quite difficult and my son, his anxiety is so extreme that he would need one-on-one help. Um, but then he'd have to be in the special ed class. And for him, he's gifted. Mm-hmm. I think the extreme between the different children in the class, I think he would just, he would be absolutely miserable. So, you know, we, I mean, it is our choice to homeschool, but we also felt like we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, it sounds like you guys are really doing what's best for you. And I just commend that and respect the hell out of it because you know look at like how I said I wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia until I was in sixth grade I went all through Mm -hmm. elementary school really struggling I really had a hard time reading and comprehending and was always I had said this in the post like using air quotes in like the slower group like that no words we use in the 90s And, (laughs) and, and it was really um it made me feel bad like it made me feel like I wasn't smart or like I was of course. when, when really like there was something bigger going on. And at the time then when I, when I actually got diagnosed, it definitely was like validating in some way, but I also felt embarrassed by this like new label that I had. But looking yeah. back now, I, I see everything so differently, especially as a parent, because I, I just see kind of like how broken 
the school system is. And like I said, going all through elementary school struggling and, and nobody thought we should evaluate her. We should see what's going on. Yep. It's, it's so interesting. And then now going through it with my kids, I, I feel like Logan's in a really great spot now. And we're, we're really happy with his, his school environment, but my daughter, and I've mentioned this a little bit on the show, she's, we're homeschooling her now just because right. COVID, but she was in typical preschool last year and it was a blended class, which I'm all for inclusion. And I think, you know, having her in a blended class with, with kids who had IEPs, I think was a really good thing for her, especially because she's, you know, used to that with her brother. Like we, yeah. we are very open about everything, but whenever I would go help out in the classroom, I, I ended up feeling bad for both groups of kids because I felt like kind of like you were saying, like, like with your son, like he would need that one I want attention. There was a lot of kids in the class that really needed that one I want attention. And then so there was kids like my daughter who I, I definitely wouldn't say she's gifted, but she can keep up for sure in a, in a classroom. Yeah. But it was like those kids were kind of almost like left to their own devices because the teachers and the aides were so busy attending to the kids who really needed the help. And it was like, I was yeah. looking at everything again with these new eyes. And I'm just like, this is not working. <laughs> mm. It's such a conundrum though, isn't mm-hmm. it? It really is like it, inclusion is so essential for both groups of kids, but to figure out the best way to do that, uh, it's just, I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's so mm-hmm. difficult. The system needs to be rewritten for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And and sometimes that people will say to me, oh, if, if you believe in inclusion, you know, why is Logan in a self-contained classroom? And my answer is always just, that's the most appropriate place for him. That's the best place for him. Now for other kids, that maybe isn't, but it really is such a yeah. case by case basis. And I don't think that like kind of how you were saying inclusion is so important, but it's definitely not one size fits all. And it really has to be evaluated for, for each child. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Well, and with the homeschooling too, like how you were saying, you know, working on life skills and social skills, those are the things that really matter, especially because it sounds like your kids are like so brilliant, which is amazing. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're learning everything they need to learn on their own. But if you can just, you know, get in there with those, those life school, life skills and the social skills, like that's where it really, they, they need the help. Exactly. Uh, uh, we have a brilliant doctor from the South coast and he just, he met the kids several times and, you know, helped me medicate my son and everything. And he said, look, I'm going to exempt them from school. So now we get financial help because they can't go to school. And he said, your kids aren't cut out for school. They need life skills, they need to learn how to clean, they need to learn how to catch a bus, they need to learn how to be on their own, they need to learn how to be social. Their education is taking care of itself. Don't worry about that academics, you know, at all. So I literally do the minimum that we have to do. So once every three weeks, I'll go, okay, try and fill out this paperwork or let's do a drawing or something, you know, so that I have something physical to show the AP when he comes. But other than that, I let them do what they want. And, you know, every once in a while they'll pull out something crazy. Like my son a couple of weeks ago just said to me, I want to make a an ebook. You know, on I'm like, okay. He said, So can you download an ebook app on my computer? So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll do some research and I'll find one. And then I left, I did it, and I left him on his own for a couple of hours. And he came up with his ebook on the Greek gods <laughs> that he'd 
He'd Googled everything himself. He'd typed it all up himself. He'd done all the imagery. His spelling is perfect. And I'm like, this kid is seven and he's just done it. This is, for me, that's like a month's worth of history and a month's worth of English done right there. <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So if you let them do their own thing, they, they surprise oh you. Oh my gosh. That is like, that's blowing my mind. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's, and it's the cutest thing. Like it really is. It's like, this is Thor and this is his weapon. Check him out. You know, like it's so funny. Oh my gosh. I just love that. That's amazing. Well, yeah. like I said, I, I really respect where you're coming from because I think for, for some parents, and I'm sure for people listening, you know, processing the diagnosis and, and, and that whole thing is one thing, but then I feel like school is like a whole other kind of can of worms. And it's something I hear from parents a lot. It's something I, I, I have a lot of conversations about and just kind of finding the right placement. And again, just, it is so individual. And I feel like a lot of times, even though, you know, we, our, our children are not typical and we've accepted that, Sometimes it's like you still have this idea in your head of like, well, but this is the path we should go down. And I love hearing from people like you who are just like completely smashing that into pieces because again, (laughs) it's like everything about our lives is so unique. So it's okay to step outside the box and do things in a different way that works better for you. Yeah. I mean, I still have the worries. I still have that fear because it's not how I was raised. You know what I mean? Like my parents spent a lot of money on my education. And when we first said we were going to homeschool, they were horrified. (laughs) Um, So I still have that nagging fear, like, am I doing the right thing? But then when I sit back and I see my children and I see what they're accomplishing and and have conversations with them, I, I know that there's no other way for us, at least. You know, it's different for every family, but for us, we couldn't do it another way. Absolutely. Well, and I, I always say, I think as a mother, you just know what's best for your kids. And like kind of how you said, you you knew immediately, like there, there's just no, the only answer is homeschooling. And it's like, when you have that, that gut feeling, you have to go with it. You have to go with it. And then speaking <laughs> of motherhood, one of the things that I loved when I first found your Instagram was you did this series about what not to say to an autism mom. Can you talk about yeah. what inspired that and just kind of how you came up with it yeah it was it was actually inspired by people saying things to me that I just I blanked out like I just when people say some things to me I don't have that ready answer and I know that other parents must be in the same position um so I did it more for myself I started writing I did a blog post on it so that I could kind of feed myself answers to give people and then I just thought there's other people that, that need this. So I just started doing the series on it, but there is, I haven't finished the series either. There are so many things. I've got one up my sleeve for tomorrow. There are so many things that you shouldn't say or that pe- and people most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time they've got your best interests at heart, but they're just, you know, for want of a better word, they're just ignorant and they don't know how much they're actually hurting you. It's so true. The, the worst one for me, for sure, is when people say they're sorry. Yeah, that's that was the yeah. first one I did. That, that's a big mm-hmm. one. I feel like it doesn't matter. I like it can be a medical professional. It can be a stranger. It can be a friend. It can be a family member. And it doesn't matter who it's coming from. Just every time I hear that, it's like I, I just cringe. <laughs> yeah, a really close friend of mine said that to me about six months ago. I hadn't talked to her in a couple of years and she said, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I, 
I just didn't know what to say. And I ended up saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay. My kids are brilliant and I love them and I wouldn't change it. And, you know, but I never actually said to her, you know, that's not really an appropriate thing to say because mm-hmm. these people don't need to be apologized for, you know, they're just, they're, no matter what level they're at, they can offer something to the world. They're amazing human beings. And it's just a difference that we need to acknowledge and, and respect. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be sorry for. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's what I say. I don't remember what I said in the beginning. I'm sure there was many times where I wanted to say something and didn't, but as soon as someone says, Oh, I'm so sorry. Now I just say, Oh, it's nothing to be sorry about. My son's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect. That's That's perfect. I just kind of get like gobsmacked and I just don't know what to say, you know, because people that haven't lived our life, they just, I mean, this is for everything. They don't know what you go through. You know, and parents of neurotypical kids, they literally have no idea. I mean, my son is on three different medications and he's seven years old. You know, that is frightening, but it is what it is. And on Tuesday of next week, we have an entire day from 10 to, I think, four of therapies and doctor's appointments. And, you know, this isn't normal people's lives. This isn't a regular family life, but this is our life. And it's unbelievably stressful on every member of the family. And people with neurotypical children, just they just have no concept of, of how we live. Mm-hmm. So they, they shouldn't, they really shouldn't be addressing how we parent either. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I feel <laughs> yeah. like the other thing where, you know, it's, it's just like, it's like comparing apples and oranges when, when, you know, you're having an issue with your kid and maybe you're, you're venting to a friend and just saying like, oh, this is our issue. And this was another thing that you had said in, in that series of, kind of trying to like compare a like an autism issue to something a typical child would do because there's mm-hmm. definitely overlap like there's going to be things that you know that Logan does that looks similar to one of my friends who has a typical child the same age but it's not the same thing <laughs> yep it's not it's 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 not I actually had a friend that the last time I spoke to her I never followed up after this because the last time I spoke to her we were at a picnic and and I was saying, you know, I was close to her for years and I, you know, I was just talking and she said, oh, my daughter does that too. And my, and it just went on and on and on. And I just, I had to step away because I, I don't think that she was trying to empathize. I think that she was, it was dismissive mm-hmm. and it felt, it felt, I walked away just feeling really small, you know, and you, you kind of feel like you have to, you're almost disparaging your children by saying how bad things can be, which you don't obviously want to do, but to get the message across, it, it it's almost like it just puts you in a really uncomfortable situation. And there are crossovers, as you've said, but it is just not the same. It, it's it, it's a different ball mm-hmm. game. It, yeah, it's so true, especially because I have two daughters who, as far as we know, are typical. Um, and there's there's mm-hmm. definitely there there's things that you know that they do that I can see Logan doing there isn't there honestly isn't a whole lot that they do similarly but there but there's things that it was like I can I can sometimes sort of draw that parallel but I'm really lucky to have that perspective where like you were saying like somebody who only has a typical child there's just this whole other world that they really have they know nothing about (laughs) yeah nothing about I know it's funny because I don't have that perspective the therapists have been saying to me lately you know, because my daughter's getting her assessment. Well, does she do this and this and this? And I'm like, I've got no idea because the only comparison I have is my son who mm-hmm. is, you know, autistic and has anxiety. And I don't have, I don't have that measure. 
at it's, all. It's very interesting. I always say I'm like, I just feel like I have a foot in both worlds. And yeah. I have to be really conscious of each one of those feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It must be difficult because you must be trying to give Logan so much attention and so much help and you don't want to be ignoring your girl's needs. But he just, realistically, he, he does need more, I guess. Although they're little, aren't they? So maybe it evens out. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, I always try to keep things as equal as I can. But like you said, Logan definitely just requires a little bit more from me and it's more what what I worry about is especially with my bill daughter as she's getting older she'll be five in March um, she right. is like such a little mother and therapist and again she's she's just grown up with this with Logan being her older brother <laughs> so she is so quick to step into that role of helper which I love it's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, like I could use the help, but I also look at her and I'm like, you're four. Like you do not need to be taking your brother to the bathroom and helping him, you know, pull his pants out. Like yeah. she will, she really will do that. Just on four. <laughs> She'll be like, okay, well, Logie has to go potty. So I'm going to take him. I mean, she just will do that. <laughs> that's such, you're right though. It's such a big mm-hmm. weight for her to carry as well. Yeah, well and that's, it? that's, that's where the difficulty comes in is I, I, it's never necessarily going to be equal with, you know, giving everyone the same amount of attention and whatnot. Cause at different times, everyone requires something difficult, different, but it's, it's finding that balance between all of them to know, like, I, 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 I want to give her responsibility because she likes it, but not too much that she feels burdened by it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of tightrope walking. <laughs> <laughs> definitely there always is when you yeah, got siblings though, isn't for it? sure well and I I mean I think siblings especially I mean like I think about your kids like they just understand each other in a way that you know they, they really wouldn't if they if, if your daughter hadn't gotten this diagnosis and maybe maybe not even yep. now but as they get older it's such an incredible thing that they share yeah I'm very thankful that they do have each other they they're very different so my daughter um she'll implode before she explodes and my son explodes. Mm-hmm. So, but she does have that understanding, but she usually gets the short end of the stick. I hate to say it because my son is such a big, he's just such a big person when he's dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my daughter's dysregulated, she'll go to her room and cry and rock, you know? So I, of course I try and be there for both of them, but sometimes I just have to tell my daughter, look, you have to step away. You have to leave because you need to give him his space and he won't step away because he's got separation anxiety from me. So I can never get him to move away. It's always her that has to separate. Mm -hmm. And that makes it quite difficult. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, like you said, like I said, there's a lot of tightrope walking and we're just doing it in different ways. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been wonderful to chat with you and just hear all about your family. I, I just think everything you're doing is so amazing with you, with your own kids and your journey, but with ND Renegade, I love everything you're putting out there. And I love that you're making it, you're making it more of a movement than just a message, which I think is just unbelievable. And we need more of that. Oh, it's so important. It really is so important to, to get the message out. We want to get it into every corner of the world. We want people to know that they're needed, that they're important, that, neurotypical people value them as well um and that they should stand tall in their differences you know and we want people to wear our t-shirts and learn to advocate for themselves as well we want to start conversations and have people be able to explain 
you know, their differences and we just want people talking. I, I love that you say like, we, we want, you know, this to be like a, a t-shirt to me. It seem, it might seem like something small, but I feel like it, it really, it's, it's so interesting and you never know like who's, who's checking out your shirt and what does it say? And I always think about that when I wear, obviously I have that shirt now, but I even, I have, um mm-hmm. I have a hat. My mom made it for me. It's, I don't have like merch, but my mom made me this hat that says adventures <laughs> in autism. And I get so many questions because people look at my hat yeah, and like, it'll, I'll be like standing in line at the grocery store and have my hat on. And someone's like, Oh, I have a, 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 a granddaughter who's autistic or it, like, it just, it, it starts these conversations. Yep. And I think that's the kind of stuff that we need because it, it can't just be for, you know, our community. Cause it's like, of course we want to support each other and that's beautiful. But I love that. It's like planting the seeds in everybody else too. Yeah, it's true. I was at the grocery store a month ago and I was wearing my a neurodiversity tee and uh, I got applauded. Oh. And I was like, you know, that's awesome. You know, a man was like, what's on your tea? I'm like, oh, it says neurodiversity. He's like, oh, yeah. And he just gave me an applause. And I was like, you know what? That just made oh, my day. I love that. Well, it's very cold here, as we were talking about beforehand. So I have my T-shirt on with many layers over it, but I can't wait for warmer weather <laughs> when I can. You know, I'll send you a oh, sweatshirt. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah just just let me know which oh one you gosh, want Sally, you're so sweet well I will be rocking my, my t-shirt for sure as soon as the weather warms up I mean I, I've been wearing it around the house and I just love it <laughs> oh, good. well can I'm you glad. share where everyone can find you and ND Renegade yeah sure the best place to find us is, is on Instagram and that's just look up ndrenegade.com I'm um, not dot com. well that's the website ndrenegade.com but on Instagram we're just at ndrenegade so uh contact me there it's all good wonderful well sally thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing everything it has been just a delight to chat with you and like i said you are killing it so just keep on keeping on thank you so much for having me it's been awesome you take care thank you you too For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Sally. Isn't she just amazing? I loved hearing about her family. I think all the work that she's doing with Andy Renegade is incredible. I I love the just the spotlight on neurodiversity and I feel like I remember when I first heard that term neurodiversity it wasn't even very long ago it was probably around the time I started this podcast and 
I just thought it sounded like so cool. <laughs> and I love that Sally was saying how, you know, that was kind of the 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 brainchild behind ND Renegade was like having this apparel line that was inclusive and cool and looked good. And I, I Sally did send me a sweatshirt after we had this conversation and I, I love it. So I have my, my t-shirt and my sweatshirt now and both say neurodiversity and I'm just I'm so proud to to wear those and to support Andy Renegade so definitely check them out and they have so much cool stuff so I know you guys will love it um if you would like to connect with me you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com I always love hearing from you guys. If you have a question, a comment, if you are interested in being a guest on the show, let me know. I've had several conversations recently with listeners turned guests, and I'm excited for those episodes to come out. So yeah, if you're interested in sharing your story, the best way to do that would be email. And if you could give me, you know, a little backstory, what you would like to talk about if you were a guest, that would be awesome. But I'm always here. And again, thank you so much to everyone who has left reviews. You guys are amazing. And if you have not done that yet, I would be so, so grateful if you would take a moment to leave a rating and review. But that is all for now. And until next time, take care.